Today, Jackie and I have Park Howell with us. Park is a purpose-driven brand storytelling strategist and host of the Business of Story podcast. He founded the Business of Story back in 2016 with one single mission, to help leaders of purpose-driven organizations clarify their stories, to amplify their impact, and simplify their lives. We're going to chat with Park about storytelling techniques, and I know it's going to be a real actionable episode too. Welcome to the show, Park. Oh, thank you so much, Britt. Jackie, it's great to be here. Good to have you. Really good to have you. Alrighty, so today, one, two of the talking points that we're going to cover, because there's so many things we could pick your brain about, the two that we want to focus on today are the end, but, and therefore method, and then the five primal elements of storytelling. So Park, where do you want to begin? We will start with the and button, therefore. But before we get into that, can I ask you two a professional question? Sure. And then we'll, we'll play it into how it works, how I think maybe storytelling can help you overcome this and, and, and your listeners the same way. So in the PR world, you are constantly pitching and trying to get customers, clients in front of all kinds of media. What is the biggest challenge you see across the board when you are first formulating your idea about the pitch? Ooh, you go first, Brett. <laughs> that is a tricky one. <laughs> what is, okay, so what There's is so many the, challenges. <laughs> yeah, what is the biggest challenge when crafting the pitch or when coming up with the story? Yeah, coming up with the idea, I guess, for, okay. the, for crafting the pitch, yeah. Okay, um, the biggest challenge sometimes there's, oh, there are so many, but the biggest challenge is we might come up with a few really great ideas that maybe speak to the emotional side of, of humans, or maybe, you know, can kind of teeter on like political opinions, or, you know, just get that reaction from the reader or the audiences that we're targeting, but they might be too they might be a no-go for the client because of political red tape or anything like that. So sometimes mm -hmm. the stories that we're crafting are a bit the, – the client, for one reason or another, doesn't want to move forward with it. So that's There's one of my challenges. Too much edge to it. They too much want edge. To, they don't want to offend anybody, so they have to yeah. kind of tap dance around it. And in doing so, you lose the hook for the pitch. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Jackie, how about you? Um, for me, my biggest challenge is I usually come up with some pretty vanilla ideas that I have been told are not totally sexy, but they're very pragmatic for the industry in which my client is operating in. And so for me, I tend to think in very much like these like thought leadership pieces that are kind of uh, have a timely angle, which is fine. I think for me, I can get maybe a consistent result that way. But I have an issue, actually, I have the opposite issue with Brit in that I fail to have enough edge with my ideas. Like, I want my ideas to be sexier. I want my storylines to kind of like, I don't know, tug at people's heartstrings. And I don't know that I know how to do that. Okay. <clears throat> and then if I can throw one more in there, and it's only because as the host of the podcast business story. I've been doing it for five years. Mm. I get all kinds yeah. of pitches every week. I probably, I don't know, a dozen maybe. And what yes. I see is everything sounds the same. 
doesn't matter what kind of fabulous entrepreneur you are or what sort of startup magic or <laughs> SEO guru so, or yeah. blah, blah, blah. They all sound exactly alike and nobody stands out to me. So I just usually just thanks, but no thanks it all day long. So I asked you that question because I want to be able to, on your show today, demonstrate these in action. So let's start with the and button, therefore, and why it can help you in a pitch and what it is, first and foremost, and how I have seen it help. Now, I'm not in the PR world. I did study PR, graduated in it, worked at a PR firm for a year and a half, but realized my love was advertising and writing and branding. And so for 35 years, that's what I've been doing. But I can totally appreciate your world having been there and having to field so <laughs> many really lame pitches that, you know, is not worth anybody's mm -hmm. time. It's not even worth hitting the send button because they haven't been thought out. So the and button, therefore, is a story structure that I found seven years ago through a most interesting character. His name is Dr. Randy Olson, a Harvard PhD evolutionary biologist, leaves tenure, goes to USC film school, graduates, produces three documentaries on climate change and global warming, and has written four books teaching scientists how to use what he learned in Hollywood in communication to be able to communicate their big ideas. And from that, came this construct of the and button, therefore. And when I read it in his second book called Connection about six years ago, I reached out to Randy and he and I have become fast friends ever since. He works it and uses it in the science community, in the academic community. I use it in the business world and we are forever cross-pollinating of what we're learning and how we see the power of it. What it is, is the most simple, fundamental, but extremely powerful structure, three-act structure, narrative framework of setup, problem, resolution. The and is act one, the setup. The but, here's the problem, here's what we're solving for, is act two. And the therefore is, here's our solution, act three. And the whole idea is to arouse the interest of your reader, your audience, whoever you might be pitching, demonstrate what the real problem is, the more conflict or contradiction you can have be, uh, between your agreement statement with the and and the but statement of here's the problem, you're therefore the pitching of your client, your customer, what they have to offer becomes stronger. So it's a total problem solution dynamic. Let me give you an example of it. Just in my world, um, I have been in the advertising branding world for 35 years and have helped lots of purpose-driven brands grow through the influence of mass media. But in 2006, everything changed. As technology and the interwebs took over, the masses became the media, and they now own your brand story, and it's noisier out there than ever. Therefore, I now consult, teach, coach, and speak on the primal power of story to hack through the noise and hook the hearts of your audiences. Set up problem resolution. Now that took me a little bit longer. That was like a 30 second elevator pitch. It's like a one floor elevator pitch. But what you're using is this and button, therefore problem solution dynamic that our primal monkey brain, our limbic system loves because it's always in a problem solution mode. It's always purely for survival. I say that you know we have evolved from cavemen and cavewomen to consumers today, not because of our opposable thumbs, but because of our ability to tell a story. 
So it is our brain that is constantly trying to bring in all of this input that we experience as human beings and suss it out in a problem-solution dynamic. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I flight? Should I fight? Is there an opportunity here? What should I do next? It is constantly worrying in the background. So in business communications, we're never taught this. Like it, you know, I, I got my degree in public relations and well, as well, and you know the inverted pyramid style, bore me to death style. Nobody ever, ever taught me how to tell a proper story using three-act structure. And that's what my mission was, and that's where I found this hand button there for and how you can use it today. Let me give you one really short version of it. Perfect three-act structure. And it, it hacks through the noise, as I say. It gets into your limbic system, and it hooks the subconscious to say, I better pay attention to this because there's something I can learn moving on. Here it is. Most commute, uh, I'm, Let me start again. Most executives communicate and care, but bore. Therefore, tell a story. Setup, problem, resolution. That is the power of the and button, therefore, or the ABT as we call it. We interviewed, I don't know if you listened to it, but there was one interview with the editor of TechCrunch. His name is Josh Constein. He's actually not at TechCrunch anymore, but he talks about this, what's it called? Um... Template, yeah, framework, framework <laughs> as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's about presenting the problem and having a solution. But what he doesn't, you know, dive too deep into is is the whole um, act one, uh, setting it up. And what I'm glad you mentioned is emphasis on brevity. It is important, especially for us PR professionals, to keep our pitches as succinct as possible. My first reaction from that, which is genius, by the way, I love it. And it's how how we all should be thinking about our pitches, in my opinion. Can you dive in a little bit more into like how we can really focus on setting up a story? Like what what elements should we consider in the mm -hmm. setup section? So let's let's talk about that point about leading with the problem, which is really important. You need to start with the problem first. But if you don't establish the normal world, the world that we're all used to, that statement of agreement, and build this conflict and contrast between where we are and what the problem now is we're facing because we want to go somewhere, that problem statement doesn't have the impact. So that's where, yes, you want to be thinking about the problem. That's what we're solving for. But you have to set it up first and foremost. That's what I like about the ABT. In the business world, they teach you, yeah, problem, solution. Let's just state the problem and then let's give them a solution. Well, that's only two-thirds of the story. If you haven't established the context of your communication, the theme of your message, where it happens right up front, and then you you just lead with that problem, your audience is there flailing a little bit, like, well, okay, give me, give me a point. Give, you know, give me a point of departure that I need to work from. That's where I find that. While the ABT is, shows up in a lot of different forms and all different kinds of industries and comedy and science and that sort of thing, it basically is boiled down to that and button, therefore. So um, to give you another example on that, let's, we're, you and I, we're all, your listeners are having just a marvelous time with COVID and coronavirus and the, you know, the economy and social unrest. So Let's use that as a story narrative from the very beginning. So it might go something like this. 
I came into January, like most people, so excited about 2020 and the promise the whole decade had for us. But coronavirus turned our worlds upside down in early March. Therefore, we are all now navigating this new abnormal to try to not only understand how to survive it, but to thrive on the other end. Set up problem resolution, most basic narrative arc story structure that it takes your limbic system, your audience's limbic system on a ride, set up problem resolution. But if you don't have that set up, the coronavirus thing doesn't quite have the impact. If I was just to start in March 2000, you know, in March, early March 2020, coronavirus took over the world. Okay. Yep. Yep. You're right. But now everyone has to kind of go back and recall, well, what was it like before then? Now you're making them work for the story. My whole thing with branding is you don't want to make your fellow homo sapien work for anything. You want to dish it up on a platter. So for pitches, I would say if anybody wants to pitch me to be on the business of story, start your pitch with an ABT. It can be one to two sentences long. It can be shorter than 40 words. The shorter, the better. But you will deliver to me on a platter or to anybody you're pitching what problem you're solving for and why you have the right client for them to talk to or to interview or to feature their article in Forbes or whatever. Start with an ABT because it makes you get super focused as the communicator. I kind of like that you used COVID as an example, A, because it's real and we're all dealing with it right now. So it's super relatable. You know, I I think maybe this is off topic, but whatever. Sometimes it's good to go off topic slightly. Um, You know, COVID kind of doesn't feel like there is a solution. And I like the way that you framed the solution as kind of a little more open-ended. It's something that we're actively solving. So if you're pitching somebody and you had a client that maybe has a solution, you can then set the whole thing up with your and and but, but COVID, you know, totally wrecked our world or, you know, but we have not received, as Americans have not received, received good leadership and quality information on what to do about it. Therefore, let me introduce you to Dr. Smith, who will blah, 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 or is introducing yeah, a new cool. form of treatment or use whatever. That. <laughs> that is really cool. Park, can I ask you what, do you have any overused phrases that you see all the time in your mm-hmm. pitches and the pitches that you receive? <laughs> I love your show. Whenever they start with that, <laughs> I know they have never listened to it. And it's not that if they listen to it, they wouldn't love it, but it's just a euphemism. It's just, they're just being gratuitous. Um, it's, it's when a pitch comes off as if you just feel like you have been put in the scent bin with a hundred other podcast hosts. So what I want to know is how their guest can be immediately impactful to my listeners. I almost don't even care who they are, what they're about, or what their background is, or the data on them, or their resume, that can come later. I want to be hooked with a story right up front, just using story structure. You know, an ABT isn't really even a story. It's just using that three-act structure to create a theme and to set the context. So the way we use it is you start with an ABT to set the theme. And again, you can do this in under 15 seconds if you're talking to somebody or if you're writing it, you can do it in under 40 words. And then you have a story that uses the Mm. five primal elements of story to back it up. 
to, to, to make the point that you want to make. You can tell that story in under one minute. You can write that story in under 200 words, 150 words. Being real succinct, get right to the point, and then it gets your audience set up for the ask. Yes, you know, I do think I want to have that person on my show. You know, the way I'm looking at this is you can take that method, the ABT method, and that would be literally your first sentence sentence or two in the actual pitch, and then you can give all the other details kind of like totally. in the middle. Almost like you know why I know that works? Because you've been <clears throat> pitched that way, and it worked. No, but I saw this in, a, in an interesting way. I've never been pitched that way because nobody ever uses it. Okay, well, I'm going to use it, we're, okay, Park? We're just letting your world know about it. Yeah, but I, I wrote, I created a storytelling curriculum and taught it at Arizona State University for five years in an executive master's course, working with executives from around the world. I was an adjunct professor, so I was doing it on the side, kind of a side hustle. Cool. But I loved it because I learned so much about the business mind and the story mind and how to bring them together. When I taught them the ABT, something very surprising happened. About halfway through, it was a year-long course. Halfway through, they would say, Park, I'm starting to use this ABT in all of my email writing. Every email I think of as an ABT. And to a student, they would say, here's what I've learned. Number one, it gets me really super focused on what I'm actually trying to say versus just pounding out an email and trying to suss through what I'm trying to say in that email and then pushing send, heaven forbid. So it gets me really focused on my theme and what my call to action is. What do I want that reader of that email to actually do? And sometimes I can boil down three paragraph emails down to two sentences. And it's done. I don't have to do any more. So number one, it made me more focused and made my email writing way faster. Number two is way clearer because I would have people say, I don't know what you're doing, Rob, but I actually understand what you're asking now in your emails. I don't get these big, long, flourishing emails. I, you're cutting right to the point. And then number three is it amplifies the impact of that communication. So when I saw that, I started using it more and more in all kinds of lead-ins to everything. And you can practice using the ABT in your email writing. It's like a storytelling dumbbell to make you stronger at it. But then use it in your pitches because it will make you, as the pitcher, as the writer, get super crystal clear on the problem that you are solving for your publication or whatever, you know, that your client can solve for them in the pitch that you're doing. And then you can decide how much more information do you really need to include after that? Because all you're trying to do is hook them and then reel them in with a, a, a story backed up by the data when you need it. Cool. I love that. So then how do you incorporate, I want to transition to the five elements. How, mm-hmm. what are the five elements of storytelling? And then how the heck am I supposed to incorporate ABT with that? That sounds like a lot to uh, keep track of. Is it or is it not? It's not. not. Okay, tell me how. It's not. So, <laughs> so the, the five primal elements are just an expanded ABT with nuance to it now. So for instance, you're going to give an ABT to set the stage for something. Then you're going to tell a story based on these five primal elements of time stamp, location stamp, central character, action that has surprise attached to it. And when you pull that all together, the fifth element is it creates your business point for you. So give you an example on why this works. We have learned 
that because we are st- storytelling apes, that we are always trying to learn from the stories. It, the stories are nothing but a learning tool. It's just in our DNA. It's in our evolution. So you always want to think about a story of a moment in time. Moment, by the way, is a, a word de- uh, derived from the Latin word of momentum. So a moment in a story has momentum to it, but you always want to think about a singular moment. You want to take your reader or your viewer or whoever to that moment by telling me when it happened. Last Tuesday, last Wednesday at 5 p.m., earlier this year, early March, anything that gives a timestamp to it triggers our limbic system that says, oh, Park's about ready to tell me a story. Something must have happened because he's given me a timestamp. Then give me a location stamp. Where did this happen? When you do that, again, you're triggering that brain that says something must have gone down that I better pay attention to so that I can learn what I would do in case it ever happens to me. That's essentially how our brains are wired for story. Then you have a central character who is the individual, the one person at the core of this story. You're not talking about two people. You're not talking about a group. You're not talking about an organization. You're not talking about a brand. You're talking about one person that your audience can live vicariously through and relate to. So that's that's primal element number three. Time stamp, location stamp, central character. Action slash surprise. So something has to happen. What goes down, <clears throat> excuse me, to make the point that you were trying to make as your business point, and what is the aha moment that comes out of that, which leads to that fifth primal element of the aha, the the business point. So let me give you, if I can, an example. A year and a half ago, it was in March 2019, I was in Melbourne, Australia with my wife, Michelle. We were out there visiting her old college chum, Patty, who has become an expat out there. And we were having dinner with Patty and her boyfriend at the time, Per Olaf, who was a Swedish gentleman in his late 50s. Per was really interesting because he had sailed solo by himself from Stockholm when he was a young man, 21 years old, in a 24-foot sailboat. Took him about eight months, and he essentially sailed around the world by himself. He got to Melbourne, loved it so much that he started representing high-end German car washes, would sell them into Australia and then be there to service them and take care of their customers. And he built such a beautiful career on this that he ended up buying a 42-foot sailing yacht, basically, that I got a chance to go out on the very last night we were there in a sailboat race. It, it, it was great fun. As I was talking to Pear over dinner with Patty and Michelle and having some wine, he kind of looked at me skeptically and he said, what's this story in business? And he had this great Swedish accent. I wish I could do it, but I can't pull it off, so I won't even try. He goes, and, he, and you could tell he was kind of frowning, scrunching his nose up at me. And, and he goes, I don't, I don't understand what that is. That just doesn't make sense to me. So I asked Pear, I said, you sailed. He had been regaling us in, in some of his stories. I said, did you ever have that time when you were at sea, kind of like Tom Hanks in Castaway, when you were all by yourself and the whale comes up and like winks at you and throws water on you and gives you a high five and you just like commune with nature like you never have before? And he goes, oh, no, 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 that never happens. And then I just let this long, pregnant, awkward pause. And he goes, well, there was that one time. And we all lean in. And we said, well, tell us about it. 
He said, well, I was down the Galapagos Islands, and I had to sail in this channel between these two islands that, of course, I was unfamiliar with, having just gotten there. And I didn't have GPS at the time, so I was going with compass, sextant, and dead reckoning. And it was getting dark out, and I decided I didn't want to try to navigate that channel you know, and, and lose light. So I weighed anchor, and I thought, I'll just get up early in the morning and take on the channel. Well, he said about five in the morning, he goes, have you ever heard that really freaky screeching sound that dolphins make in the wild? I go, nope, never heard it. He says, well, I woke up to that. And I went up on deck and I looked out and I had about eight dolphins racing around my boat, screeching this horrible screeching sound. And then I realized that the tide had gone out way farther than I thought it would. And my, me and my boat were about ready to be impaled on the lava rocks right there. So I pulled up anchor and I took off and, you know, of course, successfully navigated that channel. And I said, Per, do you think that those dolphins were warning you of that? And he goes, well, yes. What else would they have been doing? Just very matter-of-factly. And then he sat there. So it was a pretty amazing story. I looked at Patty, his girlfriend. I said, have you ever heard that tale? She goes, no, I never have. And both Patty and Michelle's eyes were super wide. So then when I looked back at Per, he had this kind of shit-eating grin on his face. He goes, now I understand. I go, what, how? How do you understand story and business? He goes, every single large sale I ever made was always after that I told them a story about one of my sailing adventures. Never had anything to do with business. It was always about sailing. And so I asked Per, I go, why do you think that is? He goes, I have no idea. I said, well, Put yourself in your buyer's shoe. If I'm buying a very expensive German car wash from somebody, a stranger, I want to know who is this person? What do they stand for? What are they about? The fact that you took on sailing around the world by yourself, had the courage, the industriousness to do it, and were lived to tell about it. Who else would you want to buy a car wash from? Because I know if I ever have any problem with that car wash, you are going to be there for me. You've proved that out through your story. You couldn't tell me that in your words that make it believable, but you could show me that in a story that makes up who you are today. And that's the power of story in business. And so few executives use it because they simply haven't been taught how or have been given permission to. They lead with logic, with being rational, with features and functions when when they really need to do is lead with a story. I notice with my own clients that they don't use the stories of their own customers to their full advantage. There's not many case studies featuring real customers and real clients on their website. And it's something that always is overlooked in the brainstorming process as well. Um, so I find that story actually really interesting from that perspective. Well, and you can take a customer to that. So the next time you're out with a client, and you say, okay, we're trying to make this point and we want to demonstrate it in the world. Um, do you have a client in mind, Mr. Customer, Mr. Client, that you have helped do this? Oh, yeah, yeah, there was Ramona. Okay, um, when when did this happen with Ramona? Oh, it, it happened last February. Okay, let's write that down. And where did this happen with Ramona? Oh, she was having a big you know problem in such and such a place. And so we went down there to help her. Okay, so what was Ramona trying to do? Well, she was trying to do this, but the world pushed back here and she got into this hole here. And then we were surprised at this particular outcome and therefore we, you know, we offered this. All of a sudden, by just using those five primal elements of story, you have taken your client by the hand and helped them 
craft this story that you will then take and refine and really get dialed in. But you just basically are using them as the building blocks to tell that short story for big impact. Right, right. You know, another really great way to use it is when you practice it and you do have to practice it. People in the business world are always looking for a silver bullet that they can learn immediately and just apply it. And it looks so simple that you can use it just anytime that you just, now that you know it, oh, I, I've got this dialed in. It doesn't work that way. You will find, you will blow it until you practice it, practice it. But once you get this narrative intuition, you can sit across from a customer or a prospect or whatever, let them do that download on you where they've got a major problem and they're just like, you know, verbally vomiting on you and just going on and on and on. When they're done after their five to 10 to 15 minutes uh, diatribe, you can sit there, have listened, and then repeat back to them what you heard using the ABT. You will actually just tell an ABT back to them of what you heard, and it will be so simple, they will think you're some sort of Svengali. They'll go, whoa, you, you articulated that better than I did. So you get that you know, number one like major cred for that. Number two, they'll go, someone actually listened to me. You listened. So thank you for that. Nobody listens. You finally listen. And then number three, something happens is sometimes when you do that, they will realize that they haven't told you the whole story because you'll be so crystal clear on your ABT. They'll go, oh, gosh, Britt, you got it almost exactly right. But I realized that I didn't tell you about this and this. And then they share that. So it helps you clarify the situation as well. That's the power of working with the ABT and growing this narrative intuition of setup, problem, resolution. Yeah, it's really a three-act storytelling structure that is foolproof. Yeah, cool. I think that covers it all. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, Park, before we end this episode? Gosh, no. You know, I appreciate you all having me here. <clears throat> it took me six years, but I did finally get my book published. It's called Brand Bewitchery, How to Wield the Story Cycle System to Craft Spellbinding Stories for Your Brand. And it is designed as, as much as a guidebook as it is a textbook that it helps you clarify your brand story using this storytelling framework, but then also teaches you how to tell it using the ABT with a whole load of case studies in there, um, exercises for you to, to do. Uh, also, the five primal elements of story, which is just an ABT with, large, with more nuance. And then for long-form communication, presentation, that sort of thing, the story cycle system, the 10-step story cycle process, where it all began for me many, many years ago. And so that, that book is now out on Amazon. You can get a print or Kindle copy. And if you do get one, I would love a rating and review because it helps me, a new author, get found in the Amazon jungle. <laughs> yes. yes, we'll definitely link to that and share it on all of our socials. That sounds like a really good quarantine project as well. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Instead of doing a thousand piece puzzle of succulents that I actually did earlier oh, this year. Gosh. I got a puzzle I can tell you about too. I did one of birds, also a thousand. Of birds. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no. <laughs> Instead of wasting your time on that, put the puzzle of your brand story together. Ah, there we go. Everyone's always trying to figure out how to do that. This, instead of a thousand pieces, you can do it in 10 steps. And I take you by the hand through That it. sounds cool. Oh, that sounds way more manageable. 
<laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much, Park. It's it's really been a super helpful conversation. I can't wait to get back to pitching. I'm currently pitching a few stories right now, and I've already come up with some ways to reframe my emails. Give that a try. And for anybody listening, if you have a guest for the business of story, shoot me a pitch and you can just send it to park at businessofstory.com. And I will be the judge of how powerful your ABT is when you send it out. Sounds like a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, thanks again, Park. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of We Earn Media. If you tune in often, Jackie and I would love for you to leave us a review. We're always trying to improve, and it's so helpful to know what our listeners are finding most useful about this podcast. Until next time.